0: Hey, it's Casey Cheshire from EO Boston. It's an honor for my team at Ringmaster to partner with EO Atlanta to produce this great podcast. If you're interested in an experience share around what it takes to launch a podcast, how to be a better host, or a great guest, shoot me an email at casey at ringmaster.com. And now back to the show.
1: Entrepreneurship is hard. So let's fix that and dive into our heroes' journeys. This is Taking Flight, An Entrepreneur's Journey, and I'm Sarah Torville. Join me as we delve deep into the passions, expertise, and experiences of those already in flight. This show is sponsored by EO Atlanta. Well, it's great to be here again today. Um, As everybody knows, this EO Atlanta podcast, Taking Flight, is really building steam. We are getting some amazing... um, listeners and watchers. Our lists are growing, which is fantastic. And it all comes down to the quality of the people that we're talking to. And today I have another um, very phenomenal entrepreneur joining us. I can't wait for him to get into his story. He is an award-winning author, a money energy pioneer, which I cannot wait to unpack. He's an exceptional speaker and he's passionate about helping people. Executive Chairman and Founder at DNA Behaviour International. I'd love to welcome Hugh Massey to the show.
2: Thank you, Sarah. It's great to be with you this morning.
1: It's really good to have you here, Hugh. I'm excited to get into the conversation and unpack your entrepreneurial journey. So um, tell me, Hugh, like, what did you get right when you took your first flight into your entrepreneurial journey?
2: So I, I'll start that, Sarah, with... With the DNA behavior business, because I think that's uh, you know what I what I have now and and been involved with for a while. And there was a step entrepreneurial step before that when I left the uh, accountancy world and set up a wealth management business. But it's sort of that journey is what uh, led me into uh, DNA behavior and the behavioral journey. But but I think what I what did I get right. I think the first thing is it was actually around my identity. And I'm a big believer in everybody that's starting a business is getting your purpose right. Um, And I was very, luckily, I was very clear about that at the start because it's actually what prompted me to start this business in in terms of wanting to self-empower people all over the world uh to to have increased behavioral awareness and money consciousness. Um, and and we can get into a little bit of why that is important uh, maybe later. Uh, so that was that was one part. I think the other part was just like differentiation. and there are a lot of businesses that are in human behavior. Um, you know, behavior has been around since Pythagoras, you know well before BC. But no one has really dealt with operationalizing how you deal with financial behaviour, what a person's financial personality is. And even today, 20 years later, when we, uh, you know, serve in some of the markets we do, there are people that talk about behaviour and money, but they haven't uh, got a system.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's, I think, that's, that that to me was a uh, success point. You could say, out, you know... Uh, H- has has my journey been completely successful no because i'm i'm still striving to get to the top and being honest yeah. you know part of the challenge was actually me i think it's around product design i think we've got a very good product that a lot of users use but you know keeping it simple uh has, has always been a challenge in part um I think the other issue is that we sort of kept some of the behavioural parts separate from the money parts. So we're almost running two businesses in one, and that hasn't been a good thing. We've combined it all now and we're getting a lot more acceleration. Mm-hmm. You know, So so I think there's some of the, the big things. And then the other part just comes down to your leadership. Mm-hmm. And I say, if, I, if I said the third part is just the leadership. And for each person starting at the top, knowing what their own X factor is, and then delegating everything else, getting clutter away from you, all the processes built in the business um, so that, you, that things can be monitored, but you don't have to be uh, sort of in the making of all the soup, uh, yeah. if if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, I know. I think we've all, especially the ones of us who are part of EO, the EOS model around you know, doing what you're good at. And, you know, are you the visionary? Are you the integrator? Whatever your role is, and making sure that you really focus on what you're good at. And I think that takes time to be able to do that. Because I I suppose as, as businesses are growing, as we all know, as, as, as CEOs of companies, you're doing everything at first. And so you've got to get to a certain point in your growth where you can actually say, okay, um, I now can hire for that, even if it's a fractional, but you've got to do those things. Haven't you? As soon as you can do it.
2: Yeah, I think the traction process is 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 very good. And yeah. you know, getting your business plan distilled down that way, as you say, who who is the visionary, who's the integrators. Mm-hmm. But also I think part of the the entrepreneurial journey is with you're you're learning about yourself the whole way through. You yeah. know, you can have the idea up front, but there's always adjustments. Uh, every event that happens teaches you something about yourself that leads to the refinements, and it's a constant, mm-hmm. uh, it's a constant review and, and 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 tweaking, and that's very important. I think even in this, you know, very complex, fast-changing world we exist in, yeah. uh, that that's something that's important.
1: Yeah. Tell me if you don't mind. Just, I want to understand. You talked about what you got right as being as differentiating yourself. How do you, can you just give them the advice of how you think you did that?
2: The, you know, I I, I follow a process from a book called Play Bigger and, and I get um, other people uh, that work with us who are trying to build a business because a lot of people build businesses on top of our business to read that book. And, and it's really around sort of, it's like the Uber story in some ways. There's... <laughs> you know, there's an existing market there, you know, the taxi market uh, and it's, it's, it's problematic. And now in today's fast paced world, you want a car on demand, but you don't want to have to have, you know, your own chauffeur. So you, you call Uber and the car turns up and Uber has sort of really become defined its own market and become the category king. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really what, you know, we've tried to do in, in human behavior. It's, it's been there, you know, people are human beings are human human beings, we've all got a personality. I think that's true. No, I don't think it's true. I know it's true. but we, so there are lots of players in that market, but where can you build a new market?
0: Yeah
2: that's maybe side by side to that, uh, that's different and and uh, bring that to life. That's really what I have uh, worked on and um you know we did do that at the start and you know just keep on inv- uh, keep on evolving in that area you know there's yeah. always a challenge though sarah that people don't understand what you're doing
1: <laughs> yeah i mean that, it, that's an interesting point because you know i'm a marketing um strategist and yeah. you know and so I, I consult with a lot of clients and you're right sometimes if you want to build you want to come up with terminology which is different and i get it and that's a ways to differentiate but then you've got to educate the market. And small companies, obviously, we don't have the cash sometimes to educate the market. So you kind of need the big players to help educate the market to allow you to come through behind it and be part of that, that differentiation piece, but slightly different. So it's there's a challenge, yeah, because you've got to throw big money at new terminology. Um,
2: yeah, and I've had to do that to some degree, you know, one – coming from running a wealth management business in Australia, coming up with these ideas at a fairly young age.
0: Yeah.
2: And then coming across to America, you know, getting the technology or the algorithms that we have uh, validated and then start talking to people. And really today, a lot of our, our world is in field called behavioral finance. Right. Well, 20 years ago, people didn't really know what that meant. No. Including the leaders of these bigger firms and uh, you know I've been part of that education process I think there are others stepping in there and doing that too
0: mm-hmm. luckily
2: now it's accelerated so it's at least it's a conference topic now if that yeah. makes sense
1: Well, that's good so progress is being made and I love it
2: yeah progress has been made uh okay. you know a research. you know people have got a Nobel Prize in the area so you know it's the awareness has grown and when I talk to people now there's not glazed eyes
0: yeah
1: that's really good <laughs> I love that okay well, look, let me ask you, so who are or were your co-pilots on this journey you've been on and are still on?
2: Yeah, so the very first co-pilot was when I came up, when I was asked the question what was I passionate about and it suddenly jumped out of my mouth, I wanted to help people become self-empowered, you know, through the behavioral awareness and money consciousness. Now, I'd never said that to anybody, but once I thought about that, I Like, it rocked me really hard. And I thought, I've got to do something about this. And a few months later, I had a chance meeting with an organizational psychologist. And we were talking about actually hiring people. And I said, but, you know, Carol, this is my problem. And she stepped into my world 22 or three years ago and is still there. Um, and then she directed me to Atlanta. So I came from Sydney to Atlanta to meet with people here to help get our systems validated. I was very fortunate to meet a man called Lee Ellis, who's also, who, who is, uh, based here in, in, Atlanta, who's also mentored me, you know, along the way. So they were the, they were the first two and they're still in my life, a big part of my life. Love that. Um, Carol still lives in Australia. And then right. uh, a while after I started the business, I met a guy called Leon Morales, who is today the company president. Right. And he loves behavior. And there's a younger guy, Ryan Scott, who I took out of Georgia Tech uh, as a as a student. And he's now chief of AI um, technology for our business. So, you know, I, I've been very lucky yeah. that these people have come along and stuck with it and with me. So, yeah.
1: They believe in you. That's why I hear they believe in you and your leadership. And 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 I, and I love how you talk about, you know, you realize what um, the you know what you wanted to solve, you know, around empowering people with, um, you know, with finances. And it's and I can feel it from you. Like you truly want to enable people to have that. And I think, you know, when you express it like that and people hear it, it's like no. I mean, yeah, of course, it makes so much sense. So.
2: Well, uh, yeah, I think that the and you know, I've I've been I think part of the challenge is Sarah. I've been learning more and more about it as I've gone along. Although my yeah. initial instinct and thought was right that yeah. people treat money. The problem is, is people treat money as a currency, and so how do we invest it? You know, save it, spend it. It's sort of uh, almost as a physical thing, but actually, money has an energy.
0: Yeah,
2: and it and it's they playing on our minds. 24 by seven, when I was younger, I used to run around at parties saying, well, money never sleeps. You know, earn some, <laughs> put it in the bank and let it grow. Yeah. But the deeper wisdom of it is money is in your thoughts. 24 by seven, you take mm. it to sleep with you. Right. And you wake up with it. And what you sleep with is what you manifest. And for so many people, money causes stress.
0: Yeah.
2: And the bigger problem to be solved is stress. And that is, you know, in a simple way, you could be performing a role that's wrong for you. Like when I was a CPA, I got very stressed just by being in the wrong place.
0: Yeah.
2: But money itself is a constant stress mm-hmm. for most people, whether they know it or not. And yeah. that affects your health
0: Yeah.
2: and happiness. So that's the bigger, yeah. deeper issue actually underneath <laughs> why I'm doing this.
1: Yeah. No, it's great. Thank you for sharing that. So what is a challenge you and your team had to solve recently?
2: Yeah, well, I was alluding to that before at, at, at the start. So it's good that you that you asked that question. And I think it really comes down to uh, product complexity um, and, you know, way simplifying. You know, we've got 4,000 insights in our system, which people love, but we've got lots of users in different fields who all want something different from us and i suppose me being the innovator i've uh, appeased everybody and just kept on uh you know building uh you know new insights and 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 and, and trying to provide that customization for people
0: mm-hmm.
2: but at a point that got that that gets clunky mm-hmm. and so we spent the last 18 months redesigning our system so that it is completely customizable the technology for anybody that wants to use it to get what they want out of it, you know, and they can put their own branding colors on their logos, set the screens up to be from our standards to how they want to have it really just by, uh, you know, a press of a button as opposed to having to have expensive tech development done. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we are in a world where people want customized experiences um, and, 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 the providers of services need a customized experience for them to be able to deliver that to their own clients. And I think that's what we've had, that's what we've had to do in the problem we've had to solve so that the cost of using us doesn't get out of range, but also the understandability doesn't get too far away either. Yeah. If, does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Thank you um, for, yeah. share, for sharing that. So, um, is there a favorite book that you're reading right now? Anything you want to share? I know you mentioned a book at the beginning. You encourage people to always read your clients to read that particular book. I don't know if that's your favorite book right
2: now. The the I'm big on, I'm big, very big on people getting in touch with their identity. Mm-hmm. And even though I didn't write this book, I always talk about identity because I think it's the solution to most problems. You know, it's, You've got to get that right as a business owner. How do you yeah. want to show up and stand out there in the world? Yeah. You need to know your identity. And that's a little more than your life purpose. You know, I think that human being humans are a human being, not a human doing. So if you can get your identity right, that's the first one. There's a book called The Power of Identity by Bill right. Um And I encourage people to read that.
1: Power of Identity, okay.
2: There's the Play B- Bigger book that I mentioned before by yeah. Al Ramadan. I think good for marketing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'd also encourage people to read a white paper that we've recently written, which will become a book called wow. Money Energy. Okay. And that's you can download that off our website. But that really brings to, to uh, uh, the front how money impacts all of your life energies. Right. Um, and your longevity and, and, you know, getting conscious of how you deal with money. Cause a lot of it's just inbuilt in you, but you, if you're going to make successful life change, you've got to get conscious Yeah, that white paper, uh, unlocks the problem with, you know, with science and what to do, right. uh, <laughs> but, but I'm busy turning it into a book as well at the moment, you know, through a blog series we're writing, which will end up being a book.
1: That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Okay, so that's exciting. So thank you for sharing this book. So tell me, what excites you about the future? Like what does your future of flight look like? And I don't mean so much for your business. I, I mean either, for your business or for, or for you, Hugh, in general as an entrepreneur.
2: Well, I'm someone who's always, you know, looking looking forward. And I, I probably, Sarah, addressed that through what comes with the, you know, with my life purpose
0: mm-hmm.
2: is, is a term that I've been using in recent times called the moonshot. So, you know what what's that big dream out there uh, that that you're trying to achieve? And you know, we would we we at DNA Behavior are work busy working on having a community ecosystem of uh, a billion inter- interconnected relationships. Because I think one of the things is 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 you know as you start your business, you've got to think big. Yeah. Um, have a big journey planned out or visioned out, but start with small steps. So, you know, we're only probably 5% away uh, along the journey to to the 1 billion, but there is an acceleration, oh, relationships, but there's an acceleration. Um, but I see because stress is such a problem, we are helping, you know, we're encouraging more and more people to wear a device on their wrist. So like I've got my Whoop band and my Garmin watch. Mm-hmm. All our leaders, ambassadors are, are, are wearing something, and we're all talking about where our stress levels are, heart rate variabilities, and importantly, actually addressing our heart in all of this. And the big, um, big awakening for me is the heart is not just a pump. You know, it's actually, it's actually got a brain itself. The yeah. electromagnetic forces of the heart are sixty times the brain. More signals go from the heart up to the brain than the other way. The other way by a big factor. Mm-hmm. So if we want to affect change out there, somehow we've got to do something about our hearts. And
0: yeah.
2: it's not just keeping them clear, clean, and clear so we don't have a heart attack. That's an yes. issue. But it's actually how do we uh, uh, use our heart for good? If that if that makes sense. Yeah. So that's probably the part that excites me. Have I got the t- total solution? Of how all that happens at mass scale no but there are organizations out there as i'm uncovering it that are uh, dealing with that and to me it's about partnering I, i don't need to own all of that i just want to be a big part of it
1: yeah so you mentioned the heart word quite a bit actually in our conversation and then i couldn't help but go onto your website i hope you don't mind and i see that um looking at your profile boys without fathers mentor is that a little bit part of this kind of your what excites you about the future that sounds amazing I'd love to know more about you almost
2: for some reason you almost made me cry when you brought that up
1: (laughs) well I was reading it and I I mean again you've used the word heart a lot in this conversation already and I love that so I wanted to learn a bit more and so that that to me sounds amazing so please share that with me
2: well I you know I was I've been, so to sort of give you this quick story on this, I, I, I've i been doing identity conversations, like podcasts, sort of a little bit like what we're doing now with a lot of our clients. Right. And in 2021, I had uh, six clients within about a two-month period that all had grown up without a dad. Right. And I was one at I, and so I'm the seventh, if you want to call it that, and including Leon, who's on our team. Yes. And there were what, what, you know, my dad died when I was one. Mum was pregnant with my brother, younger brother. um, So he didn't even, you know, have a father at all. I had a father for a year. Um, But it has enormous impacts on you uh, psychologically, your ability to learn. And I discovered why I had all these challenges through these other people. And they are actually had been doing research on it. And so we decided to get together and we have formed the boys without fathers uh, um, charitable organization. And in fact, we've got girls without fathers and the whole matrix because the issues. for for girls is different, right? Right.
0: Um,
2: But the, so, so we're sort of addressing them singularly, but but that there's a family of these of yeah. this work yeah. being done because, you know, somebody said to me many years ago, you know, Hugh, the problem for you is you didn't have a you didn't have someone to mentor you, yeah, as a father figure, and that was a big drive as part of this business as well that I, I've always wanted to mentor kids, you know, between 16 and 25, to get on the right track, yeah, and. With boys without fathers, actually, we've got to do some of it before they're 12, otherwise right. too much damage done. I was lucky probably I had a strong mother. Yeah. But so this is a big part of sort of if you want to call it the heart and social impact Yeah. work that we've baked into our business. And luckily there are a whole group of people that we've got around us that are very well equipped to do this
0: Yeah.
2: Um, work.
0: That's
1: incredible. Okay. I love that yeah. you're doing that. Very, very good indeed. So many exciting things happening. I love the fact you're driving forward with your heart too, and um, it's going to be an exciting journey. Continue to be an exciting journey. So I want to learn more about who who you are, Hugh. So pre flight, you talked a little bit actually. You're coming from Sydney. Um, you know, you had a very strong mother, which is wonderful. Um, and, but tell me, what what are some key milestones for you before you actually took your entrepreneurial flight?
2: Yeah, so just sort of as a, you know, life history, I went at, at nine years old, I went to an all boys boarding school. Mm-hmm. Um, so you learn, you know, you learn a lot of independence from that. Yeah. Uh, I had every, I got every opportunity in the world to sort of to learn everything, experience stuff, whether I I probably have some regrets that I didn't do some things uh, better when I was there. I wasn't naughty. I just, you know, maybe didn't push myself in areas that I could have. Yeah. Um, but I think a big shift for me came just after leaving school when I became a lifeguard, which I did for seven years. You know, it's weekend work on the beach. You know, yeah. I loved it. I love swimming. Yeah. The environment um, of that golf was always uh, was yeah. And, and cricket are big things for me. So anything with a That's, ball. Yeah. Um, I love cricket's a big part of our family. My great grandfather played the first game for Australia.
0: Right. So
2: wow. you know in fact we've done charitable work for the sydney cricket ground you know all the way through that even until recently um you know so so those things really get me i've got a 10 year old son believe it or not is um playing in an in an Atlanta cricket team right. um, so that gets me playing again yeah, you know the whole wonderful. thing That's so that's you know that's me so i do love um i those sports. I haven't got in love with all the American sports, so I'm still, yes. still stuck at, at golf. <laughs> but and that's probably my big thing is golf. But I also help a uh, I play tennis and I help a uh a guy, Enoch Godey, with Hope Performance Tennis, where we um help him raise money so that he can um get kids in Ghana yeah. learning to play tennis and get them off the streets and build character, get a life, a life opportunity. Right. So that's something that lights my fire. So I think you know, again, it comes back to a little bit to the boys without fathers. Yeah. Um, as well.
1: Yeah. No, definitely. Okay. Um, so you kind of answered this next question a little bit, but I was just wondering whether there's any case studies you want to share, and like, right, what, what I want to ask you, like, what problem do you solve, and what impact have you made? And I, I know from our conversation around how you, like you say, you're, you're empowering people to kind of have financial freedom. If you're sleeping with money on our mind, let's not wake up hopefully nervous and anxious. And so, you know, over the years of you doing this, have you been able to see it kind of really filter through to people and make a make a big difference?
2: Well, as a company, we've we've uh, served or serve indirectly or directly or indirectly about two million people a year. So. At the moment, I want to get that number up. But but I don't, I of course, don't see it for everybody. But yeah. I have seen, um, you know, marriages saved, if you want to call it that, because yeah. we've provided the mental freedom to have the conversation about money. Yeah. Uh, families, you know, I've stopped the family war coming. And this is always a big issue of how money is passed down in a family. Mm hmm. By getting everybody to have a conversation and at least be able to sit around the Thanksgiving table and not throw bricks at each other, for, you know, yeah. for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Um. Or, or somebody make a career switch,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and you know, take that chance. You know, maybe not take as much money, but take that yeah. chance on something that's going to allow them to flourish.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. Yeah. You know, so I see those as the big things I've been inspiring a lot of people recently, I've sort of notionally joined what's called the 120 Club. So it's all about longevity, you know, living to 120. so I've've I've been I know I've been impacting a lot of people to think differently about mm. you know themselves, their life stress and and you know act in a more uh or operate in a more healthy way, to live longer, but also to live better yeah um for longer I think that's that's the end of it you know the important part is to be happy I think
0: yeah
2: if I've done anything I I, I believe I've increased a lot of people's happiness factor yeah. uh by giving them some mental freedom
1: I think you definitely have I think there's probably so many examples but those examples are great so um and the 120 I've never heard someone talk about that 120 goal my husband always says he wants to live till he's a hundred. And um, we've always kind of like I'm like oh god, I don't know if I want to listen to I'm 100, but um, you know why not? Let's shoot for 120. Let's be healthy.
2: Well, I've I, I've been I've been uh, part of this mastermind group, if you want to call it that, called Abundance 360 for the past okay. year or so. And Peter Diamandis in there, you know, talks about these things. But I was already on the track. I think that what he probably inspired me to do was put a number on it. Yeah. And now I read the science every day of what you can do. But, you know, what, Sarah, it all comes back to you will live seven or eight years longer if uh, you have a, a, a clear purpose. Yeah. Um, friends, if you look at yeah. what you drink, what you eat, you know, all these yeah. things don't cost any money to do. No. <laughs> um, and 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 you can live a whole lot longer. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I have actually reduced my biological age by 14 years. Um so I am 58 believe it or not um but physically I'm 44.
0: Right.
2: And that is just from tweaks to how I live been that have been made over the last 4 or 5 years. Right. Um so this can be done but I think science is going to allow it to happen.
0: Yeah.
2: But you want to be you want to be able to have a quality of life on that journey yeah. the last thing you want to do is yeah. live to 120 yes. but the last 30 is in a wheelchair that's no, that's no, no. not.
0: Yeah.
1: No no. Alrighty. So, um,
2: it's all in the mind, Sarah, it's all it's in, in the, mind. the mind. Yeah. You got
1: me thinking, you got me, you got me thinking, got me thinking about what I ate. For and you know,
2: I've learned if you set big goals and you miss them by 10 or 20%, doesn't matter. You're still 50% ahead of where you were or would be anyway. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. No, no, it's good. I got, it's, I'm just playing that one through in my mind. I'm going to go away. And All right. I,
2: I'm good. I'm, I'm glad I've got you to uh, you got me go away and think about something. <laughs>
0: yes.
1: And that's the whole point of this podcast. If we can just, if we can just share one really good insight or just tip for anyone. And I would say, I mean, you've shared so much you. but I love that. Like if we make small changes in our life, like how do we just improve our quality of life and, um, and, and, and you talk about having a clear purpose and passion. I, I, I definitely agree with you. I think that's what drives that. That's what we wake up in the morning, excited about something. And if you take that away, what is that clear? What does that look like? What does your day look like? Um, what does your next year look like? And, and I yeah. love that about entrepreneurs because I feel like we, you know, the reason why we deal with the ups and downs is because we constantly see our purpose and we're driven by it. Otherwise we wouldn't, do, we wouldn't be doing it.
2: Yeah, and we've got to make sure we, as entrepreneurs, keep in touch with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, uh, it's easy, I think, to lose sight of what your purpose is. I think along my journey in the last 20 years since I started DNA, I've got myself distracted with other stuff. Um, and, you know, it, 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 I don't think it helps. And I think that's yeah. it's too easy as an entrepreneur to think, okay, I can conquer that mountain too. Yeah. I don't think it's, I, I, I'm not sure that it can really be done successfully. I no. mean, okay. Elon Musk. Well,
1: he has, it's a, I don't know. He's a, try unpacking him. I wouldn't even want
0: to. <laughs> it's right. His,
2: but you know, yeah. you don't know what his life is like underneath, no. you know, and you look at Steve jobs, you know, and this is the point I to A lot of people. He okay. He yeah, impacted all know. of our lives, but he died at 56 years old. Yeah, Do you want to be that?
1: Early. No,
2: no. And that's, so these are the choices so I come back a lot to essentialism now and what is what is important for me to yeah. do to to live within my yeah purpose and you know honor my family and those types of things yeah. and and the rest will come
1: yeah I love that so much okay I love this next question I think everyone knows how much I love this next question so this is our introspection question if you were to do this all over again, would you do it over again? Yes. my earring fell out. sorry. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. but if I
2: had known <laughs> quite what would happen, I may not have. Uh, but I can remember sitting in my in my office in Sydney, in the chair reflecting before i really went on this path going to to america cuz if 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 i didn't do this i would have stayed in the wealth management business and particularly okay. done real estate investing but i knew if i didn't try and put myself completely out there in the world and have that chance of going for the moonshot i would regret it and if that means you know going bankrupt and having zero that's what it is. Yeah. And you got to, you got to, you, you know, at some point you got to take that chance and yeah. that might be giving up something, but this is part of what I call quantum living. You've got to somewhere you've got to step through and take that big risk, I think. Yeah. Uh, and so I, yeah, I don't, I don't, um, I wouldn't do have any, I wouldn't do uh, make any changes to it. I have, met wonderful people great opportunities and yeah, yeah. yeah there's been some moments I'd rather I didn't have but who hasn't had those oh, yeah it's,
1: co- it's called living it's called part yeah
2: it's called living and you've got yeah. to put yourself out there and yeah. and test the, every boundary that's yeah. the thing
1: yeah no I agree I want you said something though I want to just you said something like if I had known how it would turned out I might not have done it what does that mean
2: well, I think if you sit there and you knew what every event was going to be, and you could see oh
1: the path, yeah, and the rocks exactly the, back, the path, yeah,
2: it 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 may stop you, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. And and um, just because you know uh, knowing those things would yeah. would would you know I think if you knew if you if you sort of know that you're going to go out driving in a in, in a fast car, you know, a Formula One car and you and and there's nine out of ten chance you're gonna put it up against the wall, are you gonna because yeah. <laughs> the track's slippery, are you gonna go out? Probably not.
1: No, no, you're right. I hear what you're saying now. Yeah. And there's no way of knowing what yeah. What but that, I think what that path's gonna look it's like it's not
2: for everybody to go and not everybody is going to go and live that way. Where they're going to give up what they know, their their normal community, their circle of friends, the things yeah. they're used to doing, going out of that safety zone. It isn't yeah. for everybody. You, no. you know, our, our research, Sarah, on entrepreneurs. I did a study a few years ago of 500 EOS and other entrepreneurs, and and the number one trait is resilience. You know, and this yeah. is it's something it's it is measurable. It's also yeah. a mindset, mm-hmm. but you've got to have that. Yeah. Uh, that's that's non-negotiable, and yeah. and I think that's a part of this. Um,
1: yeah, I could speak to you for hours, Hugh. Oh my god, I can't wait to see you at an event. I'm gonna, I need to sit down and chat with you more. So you will yeah, you're, you're you're honestly you're putting my Friday on a very good mode for happiness. So thank you for that. I hope everyone else feels the same. But I'd love to ask you, how can people connect with you?
2: So the best best way is. uh you can you can you can email me at at dnabehavior.com or uh, go to our website at at dnabehavior.com and have a look around mm-hmm. uh, maybe get the money energy white paper that's there yes. uh, in the in the resources area and and read it and feel free to ask me any questions I, I i love to help people and unlock them
1: yeah and there's a book coming out it sounds like there
2: will be a, another book yeah. coming out another later book. in the Sorry. year yeah on money energy but if you want to sort of address leadership and your behavior there's leadership behavior dna sitting there it's a great it's a great book on it too yeah
0: okay
1: sounds good well um thank you so much you for joining us today
2: thank you sarah i really enjoyed this it's been great
1: yeah i've loved it so thank you also to our audience we like i say please if you know anyone you think would really benefit from hearing from our entrepreneurs of atlanta hearing their stories and listening to their, their advice. And please, please do share this podcast with your friends, with your colleagues. Um, We really appreciate as much gossip as we can create about the EO Atlanta Taking Flight podcast. Thank you again, Hugh.
2: Thank you, Sarah. It's been great. Thanks for all you're doing for EO Atlanta.
1: You're welcome. It's been another really exciting episode of EO Atlanta's Taking Flight and I look forward to seeing everyone next time. And so that wraps up another episode. Thank you for joining for show notes and other episodes visit us at takingflight.live for more information about EO Atlanta visit eoatlanta.org special thanks to the following sponsors